What's up, everybody? Welcome to something that was once called the anime podcast of some sort. It was gone for a while, but it's back. I'm David. I'm one of the hosts. I'm the reason it was gone for a while. You might know me from some other stuff that I've done. Two Nerdy Black Guys, Fanny Pack Wrestling, Sports Odds and Ends, uh, that that little brief period of time where I killed the A3K network at Anime 3000. And yeah, here I am with my co-host, my longtime co-host in, in talking about cartoons and games, Jack Noir, Count Jack Noir. Jack, <laughs> hey... Hey! It's, yes, I I managed to sucker you into doing this with me again. What's up, Jackson? Oh man, what what's a podcast again? It's just been so long. Let me. Uh, okay, so the first thing is green lights on. So that must mean something's going. I just can't think of what. What do we do, David? What do we do? I I, th- I think we we talk about like Japanese stuff, like <gasps> cartoons. And the video, the mangoes, and, and and all of that stuff, and how it affects us. And well, well. every once in a while, here on the anime podcast of some sort, or APOS, as I like to abbreviate it, we we might occasionally talk about some stories happening in that space that interest you, interest me, and interest everyone out there. And we might even have a friend on every now and then to to talk about those things. But Jack, we're back oh, doing yeah. this again. And I'm man, so happy. It's it's been a while, and I know you have a ton to talk about, and and I I do too. God, do I have a ton to discuss? But as I often like <laughs> to do, I like to defer to my co-host first. So, Jack, since the last time we did APOS, what's what what's been in your space? What's been in your head? What have you been up to? Oh, man. Well, um, I'll keep the kind of relatively non-anime stuff uh, as quick as I can. But, uh, David, I know that you're a big fan of uh, the Cartoon Network show, The Amazing World of Gumball. And I know that I have occasionally thrown it at you and gone, oh, yeah, I watched a couple of those. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Well, um, that thing that happens when artists such as myself kind of get into a bit of a slump. Sometimes you return to things that you go, wait, that's right. That was a thing. Let me go ahead and take a look at that again. And uh, David, I was not disappointed. Uh, I think I've even gone so far on Twitter as to say uh, that the Watterson family are my favorite Sanrio characters. (laughs) I was pretty proud of that. Uh, So I've been watching that. But also there's been a couple animes in my life again. Uh, Some old, some new, some borrowed, some blue. Exorcist. Oh, man. That... That was probably a little bit too clever. I need to rein it in, I, I think. I've missed you so much. You have no idea. God, I've missed you. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, just um, just kind of sitting here, you know, kind of between semesters, just doing my thing. And uh, I got to say that, that the, the gaming world has been really, really interesting. Uh, before we get into a whole lot of stuff, just... um. I I did have a little bit of gaming news, so this is not just a story-free return to the podcast. Uh, There was something kind of interesting that happened uh, late late July here. I don't know if you had heard anything about this, David, that there was a a little game 
that was being distributed by a popular uh, web show uh, personality that uh, kind of yes. got a little bit of it got a little bit of traction. And you know me, you know what I'm into. Uh, even though I will ostensibly say that 3D is, of course, greater than 2D, I was interested because, you know, I like to see what people will throw out there because it'll be unusual. I like the weird stuff, too, just to see. Uh, and for those of you who don't know from my little hints what I'm talking about, there was this release maybe uh, maybe a week and a half ago. So this is really, really hot off the press called Dream Daddy. A dad dating simulator. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, <laughs> this, game, this game has been the talk of the town, hasn't it? Now, I'm going to say right now, this is not what you would expect from the game. I thought, I thought all manner of things, first looking at it and knowing the content that the Game Grumps, who have published the game uh, from a uh, two-person uh, writing crew and relatively small art sound effects coding crew. Uh, they just kind of bumped it up in personality. So they didn't really have a lot to do with it. They did some voices and stuff. But uh, I looked at this on Steam and said, okay, this this is bizarre. This looks so weird. Do, do you play as a young lady like most dating sims and you get to pick your daddy? Is it going to be gross? Is it what is it? And, uh, David, I am on the other end of the rabbit hole now. And I'd like to say that, uh, it is actually not what I expected. It is a very sweet, adorable little journey. And I will confirm you play a father. So you are a dad searching for romance with another dad. A widower. And it was really weird. A widower. Yeah, you are you are a widower. You can choose uh, whether or not you had a had a uh, a woman in your life, or if you had adopted your child. All different kinds of things, uh, kind of interesting. And you can fully customize your character portrait. And uh, each of the routes that I have played so far, I've only played through maybe two or three of them. There's about seven, I think, and uh, it is kind of time consuming because there is a lot to read, and it's all very well detailed and pretty nice. Uh, they did a really good job with the writing and everything is uh, you uh, you have a really sweet heartfelt connection that you're able to make with your daughter who is a really nice character and then with your father of choice that you would like to romance and it was a really interesting ride and I was really pleasantly surprised I thought it was a joke actually when I first heard of it I don't know about you David did you have anything to add about this well, I will tell you, originally when it came to Dream Daddy, uh, it, it was as you said, uh, it, it turns out that I was, it, it surpassed my expectations because I have seen it on the periphery, uh, a few friends of mine that are very, very, how do I put this? They're very much in the target demographic for these types of games. They, they showed me and I watched it. And I sort of played along with them to, to a certain degree. Because I was the one that actually brought it up to them. I asked them when it came out, I, I asked, uh, are you guys playing Dream Daddy? And of course they enthusiastically said yes. And, and I got <laughs> my confirmation. And it, what you described uh, in a lot of ways, it was 
it compares a lot to the big smash hit of late 2016 in the anime world, uh, Yuri on Ice, in that it ended up not being what I expected in a fairly positive way. Uh, mm. and I would even go so far as to say that there was one particular uh, daddy that you could choose that I found quite relatable to, to a certain point that they were let saying, me see if i can par- guess this particular character was very much yours truly all right let me see if i can guess i have a couple thoughts in my head about this uh and i'm thinking it had to be uh overworked sports dad who just wants to take time to relax and chill mr craig am i correct Strike one. Oh, man. Okay, well, my other thought was that it was the well-meaning, uh, kind of the poster child of the the Dream Daddy experience. He's on all the character art uh, panels and the, the Steam icon itself. He's uh, Mr. Brian Harding, the, the well-meaning, I'm going to go fishing, one-up bother. Strike two. You've got one, oh, I guess. Man. I got Which one more guess. Of the dream daddy choices was the one that David most related to and identified with. Oh heck, why didn't I even think of this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Matt, of course, with the obscure music tastes and the rambling and the awkwardness, it's gotta be him. It's gotta be Mr. Matt. Good option, but strike three and you are oh, man. Out Jackson. Alright, what is it? As as I went on with the game, the one that I found myself most relating to was the teacher and educator and apparently big indie wrestling fan, Hugo <laughs> Vega. Is he really? <laughs> I haven't played his route. That, is that really? A, that's awesome. He, that just goes, he's a teacher. Oh. He, he, enjoys, <laughs> he enjoys some of the finer things in life. He has appreciation of science and art. Uh, but, but more in the, the kind of the classy side of things. Uh, he, he has elbow patches like any good professor. And one of the dates that you take later on is that you go to a wrestling show. Oh man. Uh, that goes and, to show. And also you he has a, a little bit of my, my tolerance for shenanigans, but not going completely off the rails. Uh, there is another route you can play uh, involving his kid, who is appropriately named Ernest Hemingway Hugo, as his last name is Hugo. He's Mr. Hugo, uh, where another kid literally tries to do uh, the cask of Antomadillo. So basically tries to entomb him in the school basement. And it is really massively entertaining. And his reaction is priceless. Uh, but that just goes to show you the indie wrestling that that's a really on the nose for David. That goes to show you guys. When I saw it, it was, it was truly mind blowing. And even before that, I I appreciated Hugo as an educator, as as someone who Mm -hmm. enjoys kind of the, the more refined things in life and the quest for knowledge, as it were. And then when he kind of, begrudgingly admitted that he loves pro wrestling it was like well that there you go that that just that's puts dream daddy right into place yeah that's and, dream and daddy right so there much, 
it, it wasn't so much that he was my dream daddy. It was like, oh my god, this guy is me. It's actually <laughs> me. I'm in this game. <laughs> All right, so I'd like uh, whoever was responsible on the dream daddy team then to uh, please step forward and let us know which one of you has been uh, fraternizing with Mr. David Majors because, uh, because frankly, I'd like to shake your hand. Uh, but no, this game is really filled with a lot of... Uh, Maybe Jack, at times it say, could be a little cliche. Yeah. Let, let's just agree on one thing. Yes. Let's just all agree to say no to Joe. We can agree no on that. No to Joe. No to Joe. Uh, yeah. So for those of you maybe interested in picking up this game, it is 15 bucks, a little bit on the pricey side for an independent game, but, you know, it's chock full of some stuff. Uh, you will have the option of... Uh, of a Technicolor daydream, but do not, do not be tempted for he is a nightmare dressed as a daydream. That's how that, that's how that goes. I forget. I never even heard that song. Uh, do not pick the youth minister. Do not. He's, uh, he's something. And if you need it even more of a red flag, he is voiced by, uh, Aaron Hansen, AKA Ego Raptor. So there you go. Oh my. Shoo him away. Oh Shoo him away. You know. Yeah. You know us soon. I, you know what? I'd be more tempted to pick his route if it came down to, uh, if if instead of just being like, oh, just actual voice acting uh, grunts and groans, that he would do the what the shit from his various uh, sequelitis uh, infamous videos. I would probably at least find some entertainment value in that. <laughs> just so big, this basic dating sim. <laughs> But you just get screams and screeches instead of the usual grunts. But no, honestly. Isn't that how uh, a lot of them in Japan go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you've got Amnesia, which has a lot of uh, goodie, which is weird. But this game will challenge your expectations, and so will the characters. Uh, I would recommend it if, you know... You're in for a little bit more of a slower gaming experience, a little bit of reading, uh, some choices you can make. And of course, all the dad puns that your heart can handle. And maybe even a few more after that. They're really fun. Dad jokes. So many dad jokes. (sighs) Right said banana bread. Banana bread Kennedy's. Grateful banana bread. So I'm actually going to hawk it back over to you, David. Uh, what kind of shenanigans have you been getting yourself into? Well, I will say, uh, as we're recording this, we're still knee-deep in summer of 2017. And no secret, uh, I've been fairly open about it. This summer started out with essentially the the worst experience anyone can experience, uh, the, the death of a parent. And uh, that, that was actually before the, the podcast was put on hiatus. Uh, well, actually, no, I, I put the podcast on hold. Then, uh, my father, Don Majors, passed away. Um, but as that progressed, uh, my family, and most specifically my oldest sister, said to me, because at the same time, with all of the, the family affairs, I had a anime convention coming up. Uh, it was at Colossal Con in Sandusky, Ohio, the same place as Cedar Point. Uh, it was at the Kalahari, which is a hotel, convention center, and an indoor water park. It was at the beginning of June. Uh, and my sister insisted 
that after I gave the eulogy for my father and, and everything else, and I was leaving the same day uh, of the funeral, uh, that I, I still go because I had canceled. I, I told my friends at the anime club. I told my friend Catherine, who had come back from Japan, who I'd known for years, uh, that I, I couldn't make it. I, I had to go. Like I wasn't going to make it to the convention, but my oldest sister insisted that I go and she said, go have a blast. Your friend is here from Japan. Your, your whole anime club. Go have a good time. Have a good time. You've, you've done everything. So I did. And Jack, I realized at through this convention, after I got out of the Air Force in 2007, the, one of the first things I said I was going to do was go to an anime con. Because I've realized that this whole space, if you allow it to, it will create an amazing network of friends, associates, podcast co-hosts, and what have you, if you just allow it. And man, Colossal Con was really the culmination of all of these things. It was a convention with some great partying, some great friends that I hadn't seen in a long time, but it felt like it hadn't been since yesterday. My friend Catherine, back from Japan, temporarily came for this convention. Uh, and the last few years, I tried to get to this convention, but various things didn't let it happen. My anime club allowed me to jump back in, pay for the hotel room, and go along with them. I partied. I partied hard. I partied harder than most. Because apparently <laughs> old man DJM is... At conventions, I'm, I, I party harder than most, apparently. Uh, I, I drank quite a bit, probably a little too much one day in particular, where your boy had to insist that he be allowed to lie down on the convention hall floor for a few minutes. So much so that I said to my friend Stacy, just let me put the timer on my phone. Just give me 10 minutes and I'll be fine. Because I, my, my favorite kind of cocktail of choice, Jack, is a, just a very basic vodka Pepsi. But here's the thing about the Kalahari Resort in Sandusky, Ohio. They give out cups. They, they sell cups. These cups are rather large. <laughs> and oh, no. as I said, I, I made myself a vodka Pepsi. And normally it would be like a can of Pepsi and a little splash of vodka. In this case, it was like a one-liter bottle of Pepsi and <laughs> almost the same amount of vodka. <laughs> no, and I knew it. I, I, I was saying to a few of my friends, as I was pouring the vodka, you know, you guys really should stop me from pouring this. Why aren't you guys stopping me from pouring this? <laughs> and they, they didn't have an answer. Like, they, they didn't even say anything. As I was saying to them, hey, you guys should really stop me. But they... Everyone shrugged and laughed and told everybody it would be a great story to tell tomorrow. And oh, boy. it was. <laughs> and th this this particular cup that they sell at the Kalahari, it's, it's, it's a pretty good-sized cup. It's one of those things where you have this drink and you carry it with you for the duration of the day. 
But uh, your boy, the mm-hmm. Deej, he went through this extra, extra potent, extra large vodka Pepsi in the span of about an hour and a half. Oh, no. Because, y- you know, it's an anime con. Plus, it's during the summer. It's basically a cosplay bikini beach party, which we're going to get into later. Wow. And, hey, I was ultra drunk. I was ultra drunk. And this was mostly because the drinks that they were serving at the bar at Kalahari, while delicious, had not nearly enough alcohol in them for me to feel anything. Thursday night, I was genuinely angry because people were getting drinks at the Kalahari and they were you know, having themselves a good time. And on a scale of one to ten in terms of being buzzed, I was at a zero. I was totally tober, Jack. I was furious. <laughs> and the next day, I just said, hey, if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. And oh, boy. I, I did it so right, it ended up being wrong. You know, and this is a polar opposite of what happened maybe half a month ago at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Is It's very similar. They give you a, a cup, take it through each theater, and get it filled with uh, period-appropriate drinks such as honey mead and uh, lagers and other kinds of things and, uh, you know, even various cocktails. And uh, what you're describing sounds like a lot of fun, but it also sounds, uh, well, to quote a hero of mine, uh, when you don't see somebody else pouring the drink and it just materializes in front of you, it can cause a problem really quickly but please continue (laughs) i shall now jack here's where it gets well just just flat out i'm just gonna say it gets it gets a little tv ma it's so um for 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 the younger folks you you might want to skip ahead a few minutes uh and i will give you guys a second to do so and jack you hear all of these crazy stories about things that happen at anime cons or, or nerd conventions in general. Or sometimes things they even that, happen to me. Or sometimes I keep those they even happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and hey, as it turns out, certain things, they're real and they do actually happen. And oh boy. Jack, I unlocked the ultimate nerd convention achievement at Colossal Con 2017. <gasps> you played pin the tail on the donkey? I sure did. I most I most certainly did. Yes. Yes, I Congratulations. Did. Congratulations. You gotta get like in. some air horns in here. And uh, it's it's amazing how you can bond with someone over Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and then it can all <laughs> go from there. It's, it's amazing. You, you hear all of these crazy stories. You hear all these rumors about things that happen in conventions and socks being put on the door, and someone put a sock on my hotel room door, thankfully. Thank you, oh, if you're listening. And 
Yeah. I, I, I did the thing at a convention. Congratulations. It's, uh, you know, it's an incredible. I think it's a rite of passage, honestly. It, it was, it's surreal in retrospect because you don't, you don't think about that actually ever happening. Like, I, I did not go there with that in mind. And then it did. You know, this, this person, we, we enjoyed our Saturday. We went to a few panels. I bought, I bought her pizza. We went to a few panels. We had a few drinks and we enjoyed each other's company for that day. And it, it was cool. And again, it's surreal in a lot of ways. It's almost like it didn't, it didn't happen, but it did. Because me being me, I don't expect these kinds of things. I don't go to a convention with that thought process in mind ever. But I guess maybe that's why it worked out. That that is identical. Not to not to make it even more lewd, but that is identical to the experience that I had. Uh, one particular convention. I I will continue to leave all of that anonymous, but it is exactly the same thing. The only difference is instead of connecting with Deep Space Nine, it was because I beat somebody else at a fighting game. And if that isn't a show of dominance, I don't know what is. This really has been but the summer of fighting games, hasn't it? The summer of fighting games indeed uh let's oh talk boy. about the summer of oh boy there are jack i mean wow please oh yes so yeah what you've been playing um i will say that tekken 7 is out and i'm fully into it again like i'm rediscovering lee chalan i'm playing a little bit with shaheen and lucky chloe and just the fact that Tekken is here again for me to play and enjoy, I'm just so full of life and, and happiness for it. Uh, again, occasionally I am still dabbling with Blaze Blue. Not so much Guilty Gear, uh, but definitely Blaze Blue. I might jump back into Guilty Gear again. Uh, as Guilty Gear is a, a little clunky there. compared to Blaze Blue, even the new ones. Yeah, um, I will a lot of infinitely know, prefer I, a four button fighting system to a to a five one because I, technically I Bla- uh, Blaze Blue has four and Guilty Gear has five. You and either go six enough, or five. In a lot of ways, right, six or four. Mortal Kombat in some ways, in some ways you could say it has six, but then it also in some ways has four. It's weird. Yeah, and I enjoy that. I, too. I never count the taunt button when it comes to that. Otherwise, Guilty Gear would have six. Because you can use one of the shoulder buttons as a taunt. Or, sorry, a respect. That's one of my favorite things about about Guilty Gears. They call the taunt button respect. That is, that's some attention to detail. So, you know, funny story, David. I don't know if you knew about this. I tried to keep it a little bit on the DL. But I actually went ahead and caved. Me, Mr. Grumpy, I hate, I hate the fact that they're not dubbing Central Fiction. I hate kittens i hate love i hate life itself so i did the unthinkable but i did it in a roundabout way so i wouldn't feel so bad about myself giving arc system works money i uh, actually bought a steam key 
uh, uh, different game and then traded it with somebody I knew was trying to give away via trade for their central fiction Steam key. So we traded. And so I left with a net worth of 15 bucks, basically. Uh, I did not pay full price, essentially, for central fiction, but I traded it away for another game. So money did not leave my wallet for central fiction. But I have it, and... And you have to mod it on your PC for it to play properly because Steam is atrocious. And I think they also just kind of had some issues in general for it. So you fix it around and make it less pixelated and have the frame rate actually work because fighting games. But it was nice. It was nice. I'm enjoying it. Kind of racking my strength up for it. Well, on the topic of Arxis, I want to ask you, Jack, do you have any interest in this upcoming game from Arxis that I've seen a lot of excitement for? Uh, and of course, I'm talking about uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle uh, with Blaze Blue, Persona 4 Arena, Undernight in Birth, he shrugs, mm-hmm. and the game uh characters from the animated series ruby uh have you seen the announcement for this or are you familiar with it at all uh i am i actually found out that uh ruby was still a thing because there are various palettes uh in central fiction for some of the various characters uh my shrug actually goes to the ruby section because uh as many people will know I value quality animation for my things, and I don't find that to be quality animation. But I like Persona Arena. I like Blaze Blue, and I would even say, David, uh, the the story is incoherent for Undernight. It's a lot of things in quotation marks because we want to have weird terminology for the sake of weird terminology. But the characters are fun to play. Everybody is crazy has some crazy reach there's some weird attacks some nice animations and it's got a pretty kick-ass soundtrack like the rest of the arxis games so i'm i guess you could say i'm three quarters excited for it that would be uh, uh an accurate measurement of it i, I, I thought it sounded kind of cool what are you thinking i can say that i'm right around the same uh, I, I do mm. enjoy Blaze Blue. Uh, I have friends that have introduced me to both Ruby and Persona. Uh, I think as a story, as a narrative, a- and with characters, I do think Ruby is adequate. Animation-wise, maybe not the best, but story-wise, character progression, direction, overall world-building, I'd say Ruby is pretty above average at all of those things. It's pretty strong and i mentioned persona which i have a lot of people that i know that love persona and i've i've dabbled a little bit with persona for arena so it it's something that i i can find myself interested in i just saw someone play undernight in birth uh, just last night for the first time and i love the art style i absolutely love the art style of that it's game. it's much softer than you would expect Unlike a lot of fighting games, uh, for those of you who might be more familiar with Street Fighter, Capcom-style fighting games with the sprites having a much more linear art style to uh, delineate the features of the face and maybe some more detailed aspects of them, 
this is much more reliant on some soft edges uh, and making things appear to have dimension without too many hard lines and uh, too many uh, inscrutable details. So it looks really unique as far as fighting games go. And a lot of characters have some really, really bizarre shape and uh, body masses and otherwise that seem like it would be really, really just the biggest pain in the ass to animate. So as far as that goes by itself, it's just worth looking at maybe a, a tourney or two of to just take it in. It is a spectacle. <clears throat> but it also I will a, say, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it also has a really interesting uh, kind of back and forth system as far as the fighting goes. It's, it's very fun. Uh, but Again, it, it's it maybe be a solid B. I would kind of put it along uh, maybe the polar opposite of Ruby is that the animation is fantastic and everything else is maybe par for the course as far as your typical anime fighter. You're not going to go in for the story, unlike other Axis games. Whereas in the case with Ruby, I do think the story is actually pretty good. The characters are fairly well fleshed out. Uh, I've had friends at my anime club introduce me to Ruby, and uh, it's had four seasons worth of world building and, and character building. So I, I was I was really impressed. I know the whole Rooster Teeth brand is is rather polarizing for whatever reasons you may have, but I was really impressed. And I feel like Arxis, uh, who have said that they definitely appreciate the Ruby series, they intend to do well by the characters they incorporate into the game. So, yeah, like you said, I'm 75% intrigued. Uh, maybe even a little bit more just because I really liked the uh, most notably the backgrounds, the, the arenas, the, of, of Undernight in Birth. I, I had not seen backgrounds and arenas that I enjoyed as much since Tekken 7, really. I, I even enjoy those more than Blaze Blue, and everyone knows the art style for Blaze Blue can be downright mind blowing. Yeah, so. and the arenas for that are pretty, pretty evocative. So to say that they, they have a very cool world for Undernight, I think, where it's very similar to Persona, actually, which I think makes it good for a crossover it is it's this kind of hidden night uh that only certain people can experience so much like persona 3 where there was the hidden hour after midnight that time would basically just stop for everybody except for certain individuals for about an hour uh and creatures and such would roam and basically anything is fair game it seems like a a pretty good uh comparison to make because Persona Arena does have uh, Persona 3 characters, and it also just has that conceit of the hidden world as a whole for the series. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm very much excited. Uh, it, it looks to be a 2v2 team fighter. So Arc System Works actually has a little bit of a history with this. Are you familiar, David? I can edumacate you. By all means. Uh, it's a little bit more of a maybe a tag or uh, basically a 1v1 with assists, but there was an Arxis game that kind of went under the radar for understandable reason, but I pick up almost everything that Arxis puts out because 
because I enjoy their game styles. I enjoy the play style. I enjoy a lot of what they put out. I like the content. What can I say? They've got me in their wallet. So uh, they put out a little game called Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax. And from the name alone, I think people would run away. But I bought it specifically to kick schoolgirls and anime waifus asses as Shizuo Heiwajima, the strongest man in Ikebukuro, courtesy of Durarara. So the game is basically you pick a character uh, who represents... uh, a manga series that has been serialized in a Japanese magazine known as Dengeki Bunko. Uh, so there's stuff in there like Durarara, Sword Art Online. <clears throat> uh, they have Black Star, or no, not Black Star, Black Bullet. Uh, I think Kuroko no Baskets in there too. All different kinds of things. And the way they implement every character in terms of fighting is kind of ingenious and hilarious the basketball characters have this kind of team uh sort of attack it's interesting uh but of course my draw was i wanted to beat up little girls with a stop sign because i am the strongest man in ikebukuro and uh it it went pretty well it was it was fast-paced it had good responsive controls and they had a massive amount of characters that you could choose as your assist uh that you could control to a limited degree so i liked it but i can understand it wasn't everybody's cup of tea and certainly even if you were enjoying it for the semi-ironic value i was i think this will take that particular play style and make it even better so i'm very much looking forward to this at least as far as the gameplay goes whatever story they manage to cook up if they do with this crossover game will worst case scenario be laughable best case scenario maybe make a modicum of sense so that's something to be kind of intrigued by too i think and jack of course we would be remiss if we didn't talk about another arxis game that seems to be in my opinion i feel like this could be a a mega smash hit globally and of course we're talking about dragon ball fighters everybody dragon ball fighters what can we say jack it's it's dragon ball it's a fighting game it's by arxis mm-hmm. it's it looks like it's going to be phenomenal it does you know what i'm waiting for after this i'm waiting for an honest to god localized one piece fighting game because these arena fighters are not sating me they are not sating me whatsoever i've dropped the series david but my heart still passionately burns for the crew of the going mary but i need a decent fighting game that actually came to america before i can completely dust my hands off of one piece wasn't there a, a Shonen Jump fighting game a few years ago? That was also an arena fighter. Uh, J-Stars, oh. correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was right. okay. I had it on the Vita version. I don't know if the PS4 version was any better, but it was very, very clunky. 
it was not terrible. And they also included some uh, Jojo in there because before they made the jump to Seinen, uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure was a shonen. You know, for the kids. It looked good. It just didn't play good. And, you know, as far as I take visuals with a massive, massive, massive grain of salt, uh, as as one of my main draws to something, it it wasn't functional some of the time. So yeah, I need an honest to god one piece fighter after this, but this hype unmistakable. Absolutely unmistakable. This is hype. gonna be massive. This this is gonna it'll either be a massive smash hit, especially coinciding with Dragon Ball Super. Or it will be a complete oh, yeah. disaster. Either way, I will enjoy what comes of it. And the tournaments are going to be incredible. Do you think this might get a new uh, kind of demographic into fighting games? I think it should. Because, because I know Dragon that- Ball is such a brand... And mm-hmm. as as we've seen in the last few years with esports, fighting games do have a certain level of crossover that's a little bit more palatable than other big esport games like your your Dota games. Uh, fighting games have a have a little bit more of a palatability, and I think something like Dragon Ball Fighters, like I've said, I feel like this could be. Maybe even the biggest fighting game success story since Tekken. I think it could be that big because it's such a brand and it is a genre of video game that everyone can pick up and play if, if you were even remotely interested. And with I, I definitely the fighting agree. game world dabbling in esports a little bit, there is the potential is there. And I'm only saying potential for now, but I feel like it's there. I think that there is a very high possibility that people who are maybe more of a casual anime fan who have really just kind of seen Attack on Titan and Dragon Ball would see this, pick it up, and then maybe do a little bit of research and discover, hey, what now? There's tournaments for these things? And the rest could be history. But it really depends on, of course, the quality of the game and the tactfulness and understanding and respect that we come to appreciate from the fighting game community. That's actually not me being sarcastic, by the way. They can be extremely welcoming, warm, personable people. Uh it it really just comes down to the way that people are going to handle the product and what the product itself is. So, uh, happy thoughts, positive thoughts. It's Arxis, so at the very least, fighting game aficionados are going to find something to enjoy. And, you know, maybe my secret hope is that people will play it and go, wow, what else has this company done? Hey, what now? And then maybe get into a little more of the niche games because I will be completely honest. Uh, Guilty Gear is a little bit more mainstream these days, especially considering the, the spectacle that the uh, Xard series is uh, with the, the 3d graphics, but blaze blue is kind of on the, on the side. It's been on the side for a 
a while now. Um, not in the tournament world. I kind of want to see it maybe boost its numbers. Not really no, in the tournament no. world. In in this in this scene in the in the tournament scene that I'm in, certainly in general, definitely not. It it is really nice. It's a really nice game. I want more people to like it. I want more people to play it. Well, you, you got me. You definitely got me. It happened. There there is one. Uh, but you Just... know, we're at, we're at a. There's a record high of 10 people I got to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, David, so I've got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> I'm going to have to start uh, going door to door like a Mormon. You know, and then in that case, I would have to answer it and be the atheist that I am in, in that case as well. That's right, everyone. I still don't like JoJo very much. After all this time, I've still dabbled in it here and there, and no. Still, the answer is no. Sorry. Nope. So, before I before I get into my response here, do not forget, APOS listeners, it's been a while, but uh, we are still employing the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure drinking game. So, from this point on, uh, in these episodes, anytime that you hear of us speak of Hirohiko Araki's manga, anime, sensation, please... And imbibe from your beverage of choice. Even if it's water, I'm not picky. I want you to be safe. Uh, but David, I actually have a little bit of a surprising uh, retort to that, is that I'm kind of burned out a little bit on it. I, oh. I didn't expect to be. Uh, it's, it's no shock to anybody who's following me on Twitter. And don't worry, I will plug it, because I know I mentioned a lot of things I've been saying on Twitter. But uh, I was kind of burned out on over. Overwatch and now it's happening to Jojo and maybe maybe you can chalk it up to depression but there are other things I'm still doing so I think maybe I'm just kind of uh, kind of reorganizing things maybe looking at some more obscure stuff that's still bringing me joy or whatever but you know I I have to say this is a very unpopular opinion David but the the part one Phantom Blood of Jojo actually still my favorite. And that is wholly blasphemous to say when it comes to the fan base, because part two introduces a lot of stuff that becomes even crazier. And then part three is the part that all the normies love because it is basically the epitome of what makes the series. Um, and I love them all dearly. I do. And I even really enjoy part four. And I was looking forward to part eight whenever that may be, because the manga is really excellent in that uh, respect for, for that arc. But I got to say, when it comes to the anime, I'm going to have to maybe drop it or, you know, take some time, you know, do some jogging, draw my comic, do whatever, and then come back to the anime after I've uh, I've let it cut, catch up a little bit in episodes because uh, I couldn't really find uh, a lot of enthusiasm coming back week after week for Diamond is Unbreakable. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if it's because I read the manga already and I kind of know how things are going to go because I think the anime is spectacular in terms of animation and in uh, kind of uh, interpretation of the jokes and big key moments but i don't know i don't know i think i'm just kind of moving things aside and picking other things to consume for the time being 
So we'll see. We'll see. Well, Jack, uh, one thing that I can tell you is that anime burnout happens. It happens. And it's very, very real. So don't even mm-hmm. feel remotely bothered by that uh with everything that coincided with with my life outside of outside of the internet i i know for a fact that i'm still not completely recovered from my anime burnout uh, at the end of last year's it's in season and i'm keeping hope alive that the fall season will have something that will strike me uh, it's allowed me to rediscover and, and pursue some new interests. I've rediscovered what I enjoyed about pro wrestling again. I've gone to a few live events. I'm, I'm watching with friends again, and it's a very good social activity. Uh, I'm finding that a lot of this nerd stuff is so much better than everyone realizes as a social activity it it really is it can be a great social experiment for yourself uh, to do all of these things and take them in a direction where it might be a way for you to get yourself into the world uh, as anime has uh, like i said right now the burnout is still a little bit there and when I saw what was airing for the summer season, I wasn't exactly blown away. But I'm in a place right now where I feel like I can honestly say I'm hopeful for the fall. I'm hopeful. I uh, talked with Cody last night about maybe seeing what the fall season might hold for us. Maybe we'll see how that goes in podcast form. We'll We'll see how that plays out. But in terms of anime right now, just even in the last calendar year, a lot has been, it's been few and far between because I like story. I like very meaty stories with character development and storyline progression. All of the things that I get from like really good TV shows, uh, I, I don't lower my standards when it comes to anime. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know. But maybe I'm, at I'm this someone- point. <laughs> Uh, I'm someone that believes that not all anime is garbage, but I, I always like to say that it is somewhere around 70 to 75 percent. And, and I, I like to think that that 20 to 25 percent is a pretty good, respectable window to give things a shot. But right now, I'm still very much in the in the burnout. Hashtag anime was a mistake, period. But I'm keeping hope alive for the fall, Jackson. How about you? Well, you can you can keep hope alive for a little bit longer and maybe start a little bit sooner than that, David, because I've got some uh, oldies but goodies and some diamonds in the rough to tell you about if you're ready. Always, Jackson. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of flitting back out of anime myself, and uh, I I have to say, I I do not always look for a big sweeping story because occasionally I know I will be disappointed unless I have some form of the legal weed in front of me. I have to say that just in case. Uh, but I, I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I will not always look for that because I know that while anime is unique in its method, telling a big sweeping story through animation uh, with more 
uh, of a tactful way of approaching various themes and such. It also can just be plain weird and at times fully bizarre and and self-aware in a way that is more honest and less well for lack of a for lack of a less upsetting term cringy than its uh western counterpart of media so i'll kick things off with one that i know i'll have a little bit more to discuss about and that is a little thing that aired january 16 Oshite Gyaruko-chan, or for those of us who are gaijin, who don't speak the moon language, uh, that is, please teach me or please tell me Gal-chan, Galko-chan. Are you familiar with this at all, David? I'm interested if you have my attention. So... Uh, I think that you might know, David, as I think a lot of people do who are versed in anime stereotypes, is that the Galco is the stylish one. The tall, stacked babe with the tan skin, the bright makeup, the crazy hair who may or may not be a little loose with the fellas. Uh, and that is a, that is a common story. I, I am more than a little bit into the gal look. Oh, I I knew that that would snare you, but this is actually surprisingly a little bit deeper than you might expect. This uh, this really exceeded expectations. Again, there's a lot of exceeding of expectations here, folks. Uh, this show takes the various types of uh, terminology and stereotypes and literally names its high school characters after these types so you have the three main girls who are the focus of the show galco otako who is the otaku type and ojo the rich airheaded oh i just get whatever i want because daddy buys it for me type may or may not come with the noble woman's laughter i'll leave it to your imagination uh these three girls go throughout their lives uh, with these expectations and stereotypes of themselves, but they are actually vastly different than you might expect. And not in the way of, oh, what if, if, what if the otaku was actually socially competent? It doesn't go into the first thought that you have at the drawing board. It's a little bit more thoughtful than that. The characters are vastly rounded. They have a good sense of realism about them and their interactions are believable. And just in case you're falling asleep because it gets a little too philosophical, they're answering questions through each seven minute episode about how big are your areolas? If your breasts are big, or if you use periods, if you use tampons during your period, uh, do they shut your vagina up or other kinds of bizarre and maybe even slightly titillating questions. So this takes you through their lives uh, in an episodic manner and occasionally will throw you a little bit of a trip or some kind of ongoing plot that's going on with them or maybe a classmate of theirs. Now, David, this is a quick watch. You can watch it through an evening. I watched it uh, starting last night, went to sleep, woke up this morning and finished it and it was a good experience. So it's not even going to be a big investment of your time. Uh, my personal favorite character is the 
well, she even calls herself a fat girl, so I don't have to feel bad about trying to dance around the subject. She's thick with two C's. Okay, maybe a C and a K. She's big. She's a big girl, and and she comes got her breads. She's got them all together. She's also known in the series as Sonic Meat because she is not just a pretty face on a big stumpy pair of tri- tree trunk legs. She is the fastest girl in the class. The whole series the word, is like this. In the words of Gonzale, Gonzalo Papi Levitard CC, I'm very intrigued. It is a lot of fun. I, I won't say too much more because a lot of it is really just jokes that I do not wish to spoil. But uh, if you don't mind going through a little bit of the secret life of women, this could be right up your alley. And a lot of the characters get a little bit of spotlight. It's just a lot of fun to explore the stereotypes that we've all come to know, love, maybe even loathe from this uh, particular genre of anime with the high school. And take a little time to poke fun at it in a way that doesn't feel your usual, hey, we're an American cartoon. Isn't this funny that we're a cartoon and we're drawn and we're talking about it? When it's done right, it's done right. And this does it right. Teach me Miss Galco-chan. That's G-A-L-K-O. Well, Jack, as you were explaining this one and I looked it up, I remembered that I realized that I had seen this one before and I was intrigued by this one. Not just because of my appreciation of the gal aesthetic in Japan, but all of the things that you described are what I had hoped that this show would be. And thank you for letting me know that it will, once again, surpass whatever typical high school anime expectations I may have. We're all about surpassing expectations here on the anime podcast of some sort. Anime can sometimes be trash. It can sometimes make you think it was a mistake. But sometimes anime can surpass your your expectations. That's a good tagline, Jack. We We got to... I gotta get that in there somewhere. Sometimes anime Anime. can surpass your expectations. Anime can surpass your expectations of some sort. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that it is it is actually shocking how uh I don't I don't know. It was a really good it was a really good series. I'm gonna tell people about it for a long time, I think. Because okay, I, I hate to ape on other folks who have examined this series, but uh, there was a reviewer who actually kind of opened my eyes to it, who likened it to The Breakfast Club. And if that isn't the most on-the-nose comparison I can think of, I don't know what is. You're talking so for about those the of John you, Hughes movie, not the, the radio show, not the urban radio show. Of course, of course. John Hughes, a basket case, a princess, a jock. A you got you to gotta appreciate and don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about Galco. And yes, for those of you who maybe need a little bit of titillation with it, aside from their subject matter on occasion, Galco is understandably and undeniably adorable. She is great fun to watch. And as the series focuses on her and her mannerisms and such, she is a delight to watch. And they gave her a really nice She's very unique, I think, in terms of this 
stereotype. For a stereotype, she looks unique. That's so bizarre. Uh, other than that, that's exactly I've just how kind it's of supposed been, to be. It, it's true. The anime should look unique. Uh, aside from that, I've just been uh, watching kind of one one oldie but goodie and one new, and that was uh, I, I've been watching Sailor Moon again, the classic. Uh, but this time, I decided I would act my toe in the water, David, and I looked up the new dub, and it's not my favorite. But that's because uh, I Sailor actually Moon have. Crystal? No, no, the the they actually went and redubbed uh, the redub the the, Viz the original. Dub. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I have a severe, maybe unhealthy emotional connection to uh, the slightly xenophobic trappings of the original Deke distribution. Oh, I everyone re- does, Jack. Really, Keep in mind, really love without it. that Deke dub, most American and Western anime fans wouldn't have a lot of the culture and jokes that we have without mm-hmm. the sailor moon deke dub we may not have any abridged series at all take that for what you will but yes th- mm-hmm. this this sailor moon deke dub for for good and for ill is is significant in in the western anime fandom i actually read a book a couple time uh maybe more yeah definitely more than once of uh the history of the Canadian uh, studio that had dubbed it. And it's such an interesting look into the industry of what kind of technology was uh, utilized at the time, because it's different than the usual beeps uh, for cues. And otherwise they actually had a really distinct and patented method of making sure that the mouth flaps would match for each character's translated lines. So uh, let me actually look it up because it's on my tablet right next to me here. It is worth a read if you are interested at all in the anime industry, especially when it comes to localizing it for consumers here. Uh, Oh, goodness me. And this is specifically on the the early... On the Deke dub. Got it. Is. Uh, Sailor Moon Reflections, the inside story of the original recordings of the English version of Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon Reflections. It's written by the producer and uh, voice director for, I think it's episode eight onward, and he was also the voice of Melvin or Ujo, however you want to call him. Uh, uh, Melvin, yes. So he. He had been there from the beginning and was basically shoehorned into it. There's a lot of really fun anecdotes in it. And he even brought people on to do a little uh, guest write of their own little experience with it, their favorite moments from the show. So, of course, he he got tracked down the five original girls and he even found Luna. And she herself, the voice actress for Luna... Uh, for the original dub is such an interesting woman. She has so much acting chops, the character uh, voice actor for the monsters was really interesting to hear about as well, because it was all the same woman, just really, really interesting stuff. Sailor moon reflections. Uh, So with that being said, this redub had absolutely no chance of being anywhere near as dear to my heart as why don't you keep your stupid shoes on your stupid feet, meatball head. Nothing. Oh, hi, Serena. Everybody sounds like Harley Quinn. (laughs) 
it's but it is not bad and i would say that for people who are introduced to the series it is definitely uh a good version to go by because you don't want to take a look at this and then go, I'm going to read the comic. And then the comic is vastly different in tone. This kept the tone of the manga, which is also something very dear to me just by the, the differences in tone and the way that the story actually feels more coherent because it's less episodic, which of course we can attribute to the padding that had to happen the series to be successful but it all it was all really nice to hear what was at least close to what was originally intended even though the performances the catchphrases the figures of speech couldn't possibly hold as near and dear to uh, my heart as i will write wrongs and triumph over evil and that means you good stuff all around tell me Jack. not bad at all yes tell me who is your sailor? My sailor. Oh boy. You know, I'm going to have to go with Sailor Mars. I like her style. I like how she, again, more defying of expectations. When you first see her, she's this silent, keeps to herself shrine maiden. Before shrine maidens became this bizarre fetish for the Japanese cultural community. Uh, she was mysterious, had some crows and all that kind of stuff, felt like every uh, 13-year-old emo's wet dream. But you get to talk to her, and she is bright, she is emotional, she is vivacious, and she is willing to fight to protect not only her friends, her fellow women, but also people like her grandfather and uh, young kids that are maybe just caught up in the action. She was always really protective, but also had some really strong attacks some really cool tendencies and just generally a really fun character. And I also really enjoyed how she kind of kept Sailor Moon herself in check when our protagonist maybe wasn't acting so heroic. I like her a lot. Sailor and I Mars. put that just question like back Shay, to you. Actually, just ah. like Shay, actually. Our, our friend, uh, my co-host, last year on It's In Season, Shay, also said Sailor Mars. Me, personally, uh, being a young lad, uh, I, I had the the little anime infatuation with Amy Mizuno, Sailor Mercury, uh, because she was studious and somewhat introverted, but it always seemed like she knew she had a little bit of confidence that just needed to be brought out occasionally. And when it was, it was something that you could cheer on enthusiastically. And she was someone that always, that didn't necessarily need or crave to be the center of attention, but she was always capable and very, very gifted. So for me, it was Sailor Mercury back in the day. That is very similar to my close friend Patrick over here on uh, the West Coast, who I will sometimes affectionately refer to as the Californian David, and it really bothers him. But you guys Patrick, have very I'm similar so tastes. I'm so <laughs> sorry, Patrick. My <laughs> deepest condolences. 
<laughs> he he'll be fine. Actually, he's uh he's had some time to catch up on some anime with me, which is kind of why it's still kind of circulated throughout my recent life because he unfortunately faced a a work injury. Uh so he's had no time to do anything physically and it's been driving him insane. So we've been catching up on stuff like uh Castlevania and Star versus the Forces of Evil because I'm really far behind on that and everybody on the internet wants to spoil it for me. And that's really frustrating, speaking of more magical girls. But no, uh I I feel for I feel for our uh our fallen comrade, Californian David, rest in peace. May Sailor Mercury protect you all as the patron maiden. His name is Patrick. <laughs> His name no, is Patrick. No one- no one should have that curse put upon them. <laughs> uh, you give yourself too little credit, David. Well, I give myself enough credit to think that people might want to listen to the anime podcast of some sort again. So we're doing it again, Jack. And we, we are. hope you enjoyed this episode. And further episodes as we continue to Thank go forward. Thank you so forward. much. Jack. What have you got going on? T- tell tell everyone what you're up to, where we can find it. Just, Boy, just so howdy. everyone can remember. Oh, yeah. So we've got uh, my Twitter, which I seem to thought was a good idea to keep plugging throughout the uh, episode. But you could find me at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. I also have an Instagram in case you don't want to keep getting the annoying links to my Instagram itself whenever I draw something new and that's at Jack the Artiste Jack the Artist but with an E at the end because I'm fancy and there are no end of people who are not actually artists who decide that they want to be called Jack Draws or Jack the Artist so Jack the Artiste it is you can also find me doing all manner of ways to embarrass myself but not caring one whit at tumblr.com that's at dr hyphen junkenstein hyphen i hyphen presume dr junkenstein i presume at tumblr.com and last but not least a little bit of uh, a little bit of a callback for everybody <sighs> david i don't do this is, lightly is this the youtube is this the youtubes <laughs> it is the youtube david <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually going to check it right now to see if it has even changed because that would be the most brilliant form of a brick joke this side of Sunday. Please, YouTube, please have changed it because that'll just make this return, this new season, if you will. The, the uh, long-standing joke uh, between <laughs> Jack and I, going all the way back to the A3K days, is... Jack does in fact have a YouTube channel and it does in fact have a name. Uh, it is a, it is a user <laughs> handle that Jack created that he absolutely <laughs> despises. It is still there. <laughs> well, so then the why name. Don't you go ahead and tell us everybody. Search, so the, the name, if you search it, uh, the username will be Count Jack Noir with an E, like like the handle I give here on the APOS. But if you want to type it in HTML format, the the address still is and apparently always will be 
youtube.com slash user slash Yoshi Star Spirit. Thank you. Oh, uh, it'll never leave me. Jack, there, there is. Tr- I, I'm going to go ahead and say, and not just because I want you to repeat that YouTube handle one more time. There is truly no one else I enjoy recording Skype conversations and making them into podcasts with. So if you could please indulge me with that YouTube handle one more time. YouTube.com Yoshi Star Spirit. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack. From the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Thank you. episode of the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David for Jack. We're back to talking about the weeaboo stuff again. And we'll see you soon.